Hi, I'm Jess, and this is my podcast. I spend countless hours a day thinking or talking to myself, so I figured, why not hit record? Join me every Thursday in the new year as we talk about life endeavors, our hopes and dreams, and past experiences. I have a lot to say, so buckle up. In a world of unknown, I want to share just a little bit about myself and my experiences to help others feel a little more, well, normal. We're all a little lost, but hey, we don't have to be perfect. No one is. We're all just trying to get by. Hi guys, happy Thursday. I hope everyone is getting ready for the holiday weekend. Hope everyone is going to do something fun or maybe just relax and do nothing. All is good. Today we have a very special guest, my cousin Rachel, who gratefully reached out to me about this topic. And it's such a good podcast. I know I've been amping it up the last probably couple months now, but it's such a good topic to talk about. She did such a great job. And just please know that reaching out not only to me, but doing this podcast and reaching out to others was super difficult for her. And so the strength it took for her to do this episode and to talk about it and be so open about her journey is so inspiring. And I'm so grateful for it. I can't thank her enough and say how much I love this podcast. I think anxiety is something that so many people go through and we either don't realize it or we think we're alone. And so talking about it and just making an open conversation is something that's so important that we need to do. So thank you, Rachel, so much for talking about your journey. I love this podcast. I love talking to you. It was so much fun. I do want to apologize for some bad audio. We were we were outside, so there's a little fuzziness, but you can hear us fine. And then we did have some dog, <laughs> some dog moments um, of barking, but I tried cutting them out as much. But hey, we're all just trying to get by, right? This is real life. So enjoy this episode, and we'll talk to you guys soon. Okay, let's jump right into it with your journey with anxiety and when you first, I guess, started knowing you had anxiety or maybe even not knowing you had anxiety and how that all went down. Yeah, so I think I've had anxiety for a number of years. I just, I refuse to accept the fact that I've had it. And I wasn't really sure. Um, Anxiety isn't something that's widely talked about. And the first thing that I want to make clear is anxiety and depression, they can be two completely different things. Like, I feel I suffer from anxiety. I have a lot of symptoms that I suffer from anxiety. But I don't at all think I'm depressed. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think people lump that into one, one group. And I've always had kind of a fear of social situations. Not, I, I guess I shouldn't say fear, but um, I get really anxious in social situations. I've had that for years. Mm-hmm. I was the type of person, which we talked about this morning, I was the type of person that if there would be a social event, I'd be like, yeah, I'm all in, let's, let's do it. And then the day would come and I would get sick to my stomach, dread about going, would hate going. Oftentimes I would bail at the last minute and say, no, I'm not going to go. I didn't like that about myself, but that was what I did. And I also thought that I had to have 
a lot of friends, had to be out social, partying, and I realized as I'm getting older, I'm realizing that that's not entirely what I need to do to be happy. I'm okay with just a small group of people. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think, too, it was a lot about learning, learning myself. I think it took me a lot of years to learn what I want to be for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, I also, I felt like it was important to, once I just, once I realized that I had anxiety, um, and I guess we can go back to that. Mm-hmm. I was getting very much shortness of breath. Um, my chest, my chest hurt, um, very tight. And I knew something was wrong with me. I was hoping that it wasn't anything cardiac related, mm-hmm. but I knew that I had to get checked out. And was this something that was just like, like an ongoing thing or did you notice it only in like large social events or? It was large social events or when I would get stressed out. And I think part of the problem was I started feeling this. So I was fortunate enough that I um, could quit my job and stay home. Um, And I really started feeling it more after I quit my job and was staying home. And I think part of it was I had more time to think. I had more time to relax. When I worked, I worked in healthcare administration, and it was extremely fast-paced, extremely busy. Uh, We spent 50 to 60 hours a week working. So my Mm -hmm. life never really slowed down. It was Mm -hmm. always 100 miles a minute. I would... uh, do things on the weekend. So I never really relaxed. I think it was when my body actually relaxed that that's when it kicked into high gear. And it was just, it was constant. I think for a week constant, I had the tightness in my chest, the shortness Mm -hmm. of breath where I would be like kind of gasping for air. And there were days that I would cry uncontrollably, but I didn't know what I was crying about. And I even told my doctor, like, I'm crying uncontrollably. But I honestly have nothing to cry about, mm-hmm. and I and I don't know. And she kind of explained it to me that it was a um, having anxiety is like having high blood pressure, like having uh, diabetes. Sometimes you just can't help it. Mm-hmm. Um, so she had given me some options of going um, on a. Uh, medication, which I did opt to do for now. I'm hoping that the more I do for myself, because one thing I'm learning is you have to do things for yourself. Mm -hmm. And I don't think people, I don't think they realize that. And I don't think they truly understand how important that is. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm, I'm beginning to understand how important it is. And the more you do that, I'm happy. I'm hoping the less my anxiety or I'm hoping my anxiety lessens so is that is that kind of like the in quotes cure for anxiety of like giving yourself more time or are there other things not that aren't medication that can help fix it I think going to talk to somebody and I've tried talk I've tried going to a couple of people but to me, I really have to connect with whoever mm-hmm. I'm going to talk to, and I really haven't made that connection yet. So that's one thing, and I haven't put the time into it that I feel that I should. Mm-hmm. 
and that's one thing that I want to make a priority in the coming year because the more I talk to people and the more I read, um, I'm trying to read a lot of self-improvement books because I'm trying to improve myself mm-hmm. and trying to read a lot of self-improvement books. All of them that I read say that at some point in everybody's life, they should go talk to somebody, mm-hmm. whether they feel anxious, feel depressed, feel um, a certain way, should talk to somebody. And so I do think it's important to go do that. I agree. And I think it's so funny because like you too, when just even like living in larger cities and listening to myself grow podcasts and books I read, it's funny of in that world and those resources, you're like weird or the outlier if you're not going to therapy (laughs) where like where we've been raised, it's like you're a psycho if you go to therapy and it's I don't know I just hate the stigma around it and sometimes it's just even if you don't have anxiety or depression or any diagnosis with anything I think it's so helpful because one you may not know what you don't have and two there's probably so much that you don't even realize like how do I handle these situations? Oh, I never realized I'm like this. Or I make, like for me, I make sarcastic jokes when I'm nervous. And it's like, I may be hurting people in that sense. Or maybe like, maybe that's not the time to make a sarcastic (laughs) comment. And it's just like figuring out yourself and taking the time for yourself. And I think that's so hard for so many people too, because especially like when you start growing up and when you're close to your family or like you have your nieces and nephews you just want to give yourself to them and like make sure they're taken care of first and we always forget about ourselves and yeah it's it's so hard because we can't help others without helping ourselves first right you know? and that is one thing that I wrote down uh that I've learned mm-hmm. and it's if you don't take care of yourself nobody will mm-hmm. and I get I have people that will help take care of me so I I, I get that nobody will take care of me but it's also important and it says that saying says a lot Mm -hmm. that you have to take care of yourself and I remember telling Lee I think I want to go talk to somebody and his first response was oh are you being you're being ridiculous you don't need to talk to anybody (laughs) and and I had to talk him through it like Mm -hmm. just because I want to go talk to somebody doesn't mean I'm crazy Mm -hmm. crazy in other ways (laughs) but, but doesn't mean that I'm crazy and even when I was having these difficult times, he would tell me at first, he would tell me, um, you just have to learn how to handle these situations. And I finally told him that until you're feeling what I'm feeling inside of me, you can't comment because, Mm -hmm. um, you have no idea what this feels like inside. Right. And he actually did listen to that and he has never made that comment and has always been, I mean, he's my rock. He's my supporter. Mm Um, He's always been supportive, and when I'm feeling um, like that, he'll just come and give me a hug or put his arm around me or something. Just, just be there because I'm at that point. There's really nothing you can say. I just have to work through it. Right. There was something else I was going to comment when you were talking about him. When you were saying that if you don't feel, you know, what I'm feeling inside. Oh yes. Um, and I feel like you've been trying to manage it or so many people try to manage it themselves for so many years and clearly it's not working that it's like okay maybe I do need someone else to talk to or maybe I do need this help and next step um, for help 
So I think it's important when not only if you're not feeling what I'm feeling inside, you can't really comment, but also you have been trying, like how, what did you say he told me, like kind of push it away or deal with it or whatever. And like I said, you've been trying to deal with it and either it's getting worse or it's not getting better. And it's just, sometimes we just need different solutions and looking at different alternatives. Well, and I think when you start realizing that you're not feeling well, that there's something off. It's always there's something going on in your, in your life. So you're like, oh, it's this. Mm-hmm. Oh, it must be this. Mm-hmm. Oh, it must be that. Well, at that point in time, everything that I thought was stressing me out or making me anxious wasn't a part of my life. I'm like, well, now what? You're right. Right. And I guess the more I sat down and really thought about myself and I decided that... Um, just when I was thinking about things that I didn't really like myself and that could have been a that could have been part of it too and so I decided that I wanted to be a better person that I wanted just to do things better so I wrote down a list of things that I felt I could do better mm-hmm. and I'm slowly changing um, and I think that no accepting the fact that that there are things that I could have done differently Um, and talking to people about it Mm -hmm. and looking at things to try to change yourself, I honestly feel strengthens relationships. 100%. But you have to want to change. Mm -hmm. And that's the big thing, like you said before, too. Only you can change. You can only change if you're willing to change and want to change. There's so many people out there who aren't willing to change and then they just keep going down the same path and they're not only hurting themselves but they're hurting the ones around them that they love and they care about and it's but it's also hard to change and to realize like you said like there were parts of you that you didn't like and it's hard to admit that and it's hard to change once you do admit it and accept it and I don't know. I'm just very inspired by you right now. You make me want to make a list. You don't need to. <laughs> I'm sure Corey already has one made out for me. You can start chipping away at that. Right? Um, okay. So what were the signs of anxiety? I know you talked about your chest and stuff, but did you, before the job and when you were getting your chest pains and stuff, were there any signs or things that you noticed or you look back on now that were clear-cut signs? Yeah, um, I actually jotted some down. One of them was distress in social social situations. And I always laugh. I still laugh. And I told you the story this morning. But I laugh at my sister is a social butterfly. <laughs> she will talk to anybody. It doesn't matter. And she will tell anybody anything. And... Part of me is envious of that because I'm not that person. I'm mm-hmm. very, unless you're kind of in my inner circle, I'm very private, very quiet. Um, and she had asked me to watch her little ones and for Colby Cheese Days. And I'm like, sure, yeah, no problem. And I had asked her who she's going with. And she's like, oh, nobody. And it, instantly I got quiet. And I'm like, you mean you're just going to show up and see who's there? And you're just going to walk in front of a group or into a group of people? And she's like, yeah, why not? 
I instantly had anxiety just thinking about that. So if I have anxiety thinking about that, can you imagine the anxiety I have of walking into a group of people? I will not do it. Absolutely will not. I will have somebody come with me, even Mm -hmm. if it's my niece or nephew, come with me or I won't do it. I know. I'm like that too. I'm getting better, but I'm definitely like that. Um, And then another one. um... I feel like a lot of people are like that. Just that safety blanket of needing someone to be with them. Excessive anxiety and worry. If there is a situation that anything could go wrong, I will think of the worst possible scenario and I'll believe it's going to happen. And so, and I've done that for years. Um, And... And I get it. My brother and my sister-in-law and my sister call me Safety Steve because I can be a bit of a Safety Steve. But if I were going on a trip tomorrow, I would instantly worry that the plane is going to crash. Yeah. Um, If I were going on a cruise tomorrow, I would instantly think that the ship is going to sink. Yeah. I feel like that's such a common anxiety symptom. Like, I, I see it in a lot of my friends, close family friends and stuff, and... It's just, it's kind of unreal. Like, I I have a little bit of anxiety, I'm sure. But it's just, well, one, I'm oblivious to so much that, like, I don't think, oh, the ship could hit and hit something and sink. Oh, didn't even think of that. But, so now I'm going to have you worried about that. I know, I know. But it's just, when I see that in people, I, it just opens my eyes of, like, what is going through their head and... Like, at first, I'm like, oh, my God, settle down. But then there are times where, like, I feel that way. Or times, like, I'll, like, feel like I have panic attacks thinking, like, when I die. Like, that's yeah. my biggest thing. And I get so freaked out and I have to, like, force myself to think of something else. And that feeling has to be similar to whatever anxiety you guys feel. Like, if you're on a trip or whatever you were just explaining and when you put that into perspective it's like you really can't turn it off like your brain is just it just like consumes you and overtakes you and it's the worst and we went to Arizona for three weeks this past winter and we drove out there and before we left I told Lee I said hey we need to stop at Aspirus and Stanley on the way to on the way through and he's like well why and I said well because I completed my advanced directives living will and I want to submit it before we go on the trip and he goes he goes um you don't think that can wait until we get back and like if something happens I need to know they need to know who can make decisions what I want Mm -hmm. whatever and um he talked me into waiting he said call your brother and sister and tell them where it is and I'm like well okay but it's not notarized so it's not like it's a hundred percent and he's like just tell them where it is so they have an idea of what you want and I'm like okay and so he relaxed me enough to know that but it was in the back of my mind that that wasn't completed well Mm -hmm. it's the very first thing I did when we got back and I know that that's crazy but that's how I think that's those are the thoughts that go through my head. I know. Um, it's it's so weird because, like, like, I laugh at that, but it's it's also, like, I don't want to laugh at that because, <laughs> like you said, you can't control it. You can't. It's, and I know it sounds nuts, um, but... I don't think it does. I bet there's so many people out there dealing with this. And like you said right in the beginning, people don't talk about this. And I feel especially anxiety has to be one of the top 
diagnosis or common mental illnesses I don't know if that's even considered mental illness but yeah, it is. Um, has to be one of the most common ones out there like I can list five people on top of my head right now who have anxiety and it's just we don't talk about it and it's something that is serious and I feel like it's I feel along with depression too and I know you said they they are different but I feel like people just push it away so many times of like oh just get over it oh you know you worry too much or the safety Steve kind of thing and it's just like it's not a switch that you can't turn off and I'm slowly realizing that just learning more about these things but it's just it's crazy how different all our minds are yeah and now I can tell myself, okay, just breathe, mm-hmm. and I will breathe, and I'll, it'll, it'll reduce the anxiety, but it doesn't completely go away. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's coping with it. It's learning how to cope with it. Um, has the medication been helping? Yeah, it yeah. has been. The other thing that has been helping is I'm very, very close to my sister-in-law, Christina, mm-hmm. and... Um, I feel like when I talk to her, I feel like she understands me and understands what I'm going through. Um, so it's very, it's very nice just to pick up the phone and call her. And I will tell her, I'm like, okay, this is how I'm feeling. Is this crazy? And she'll tell me yes or no. Mm -hmm. My sister, love her dearly, brutally honest. And, um, that's for sure. (laughs) (laughs) And the brutally honest part, there's parts of that I appreciate. Mm -hmm. And, um, if I, I'll call her and I'll tell her this, this, and this, and, um, she doesn't always put things the kindest, <laughs> but she's honest with me and I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. And I can, she talks me down. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like my brother, uh, Craig and I are very close. We have a very close relationship and Craig can be very honest with me too. And... I've learned to appreciate their honesty, even though I don't always want to hear it. Mm-hmm. Um, they're honest with me, and I think that that makes me a better person, too. And there was a point in time where they were honest with me, and it didn't go well. I didn't like what they had to say. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't talk to them. I was very much stubborn. And that was one of the things I didn't like about myself. And I've learned that they can have a different opinion and it's okay. Yeah. And I think it's very, very difficult for people to be honest with other people. So if they're, if they care enough to be honest about me with me, I should care enough to respect their opinion and listen to what they have to say. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times they can bring me back down to earth, but again, it's accepting that and it's being okay with that. Not everybody's going to have the same opinion, and that's okay. Yeah, I so completely agree. So even with them, I couldn't have done, I couldn't have gotten where I am today without them. Mm-hmm. And Christina said something to me a few months ago that really stuck with me, and she said, "I forgot what we were talking about," and I'm just, and because I had an idea, and I forgot what we were talking about, and she's like, "Or you know, we could do this," and. And she talked to me about it. I'm like, oh, yeah, we sh- let's just do that. That'll be easier. And I listened to her. And, and she even said, you know, a couple years ago, we could have never had that conversation with you because you would have gotten upset or taken it the wrong way. or And, and that was another thing that I did, too, where I would overthink everything, mm-hmm. which is a symptom of anxiety. And so if 
they didn't like my idea, I would take it as they didn't like me. Yeah. And it's not that. You gotta. You have to be able to to see through that and work mm-hmm. around that. Um, so when she said a couple years ago, we would have never been able to tell you that, it really stuck with me that, wow, my closest family members were afraid to tell me something. Mm-hmm. To me, that said a lot. Yeah. And it was not something I was proud of. <laughs> so did you, did you guys like have conversations or how, because I would feel like time over time, they would be like, okay, we're just not going to say that because we know that triggers her. Mm-hmm. But clearly they are still saying that and being honest with you were there any conversations of like okay is it okay for us to say this to you or like how did they I mean maybe it's just who they are but how did they keep continuing doing it rather than just like okay these are her trigger points don't mention them I think that's what they did I I don't know I can't speak for them Mm -hmm. but I'm I'm thinking that they avoided some situations, which rightfully so. I probably would have too if, mm-hmm. if that's what I was dealing with. Yeah. Um, there were a couple times where they where they told me, "I think you need to talk to somebody," and I just kind of blew it off, like, mm-hmm. "Oh, whatever." Yeah. And um, so they did. They did drop hints like that that I didn't. It took me a long time to take. Um, what do? Sorry, go ahead. No, and then sometimes they, ju- I, I think they just mentioned things in a, um, a more sensitive way mm-hmm. uh, to try not to hurt me. Mm-hmm. And I didn't. I mean, I'm glad that they did it because that's what they had to do at that time until I could get my bearings. Right. Um, but I'm glad they don't have to do that anymore. Right. Because I want people to be real. Yeah. <laughs> For- <laughs> Sorry, we have a lot of dogs here. Remy. <laughs> Clearly our dog watcher is not doing her job. She's watching Frozen inside. <laughs> um, what, was there like a, a tipping point where, what, what, I guess, what made you want to sit down and be like, okay, these are some things that I want to change about myself. Was it just kind of out of the blue, or was it after you realized you had anxiety? No, it was after I had anxiety. It's after I went to the doctor and after I was put on medication. And Lee and I sat down and had a a conversation because I just felt like I needed to talk to him about going on medication. Not that I was asking for his permission, but Mm -hmm. I think that there are side effects to going on it. Mm -hmm. So I think sitting down and talking with each other, knowing this could happen. and he had made the comment to me that you have more time now. Um, I'm very supportive of anything that you feel you need to do uh, to be better, mm-hmm. to get yourself in a better spot. But he said, I really want you to take a couple. Hang on. We got to get our dog watcher out here. When we were talking about the medication and the side effects, he had told me um, that. I'm supportive of whatever you need to do to get yourself into a better place. Mm -hmm. But now that you have the time, I want you to take a couple hours a day just to work on you. He actually told me that you can take eight hours a day to work on you. And I'm like, well, I don't think I'm that crazy. (laughs) So, and and by that, I think he meant going out and working out. Because for me, going for a run Mm -hmm. is such good... Mm -hmm. 
it's a good mental release. And actually, when I'm when I'm feeling upset, he'll tell me, "Why don't you go for a run?" Yeah, and it annoys me to the nth degree. <laughs> That he even tells me to go for a run. But I know why he does it. Because I will go for a run. Irritatedly go mm-hmm. for a run. But I feel so much better when I'm done. Same. And I think that was part of what he was working on. That go. Go work out. Do whatever you want. Go for a walk. Go for mm-hmm. a run. Do whatever. And the more I got to think on what he said was, yes, I do have the time to work on me. I'm going to work on me. And... I just thought about myself and thought about myself as a whole. Mm -hmm. And I truly think that to get better physically, even you have to be in the right mental state of mind. Mm -hmm. Everything is so mental and you have to, you have to be stronger than your mind, Mm -hmm. which is so hard. It's hard. And so I thought about that and when I thought about that I'm like you know there are a lot of things about me that I wish I would have done different in my life um, and that I wish I would do different now and I can still change and one of the things that I thought of while I was doing this is I have nieces and nephews that they mean the world to me there is nothing I wouldn't do for any of them Mm -hmm. and in my in my feelings I felt that I have to be strong for them. I have to be in the right state of mind for them. Mm -hmm. And that really hit me hard that I want to be there for them if I need to be. And so I guess that's kind of how I started. And then I did. I made a list of everything that I didn't like about myself. And I can tell you 110% right now, I'm so much of a happier person. The other thing that I started doing is surrounding myself with positive people. I cannot stand negativity. Mm-hmm. And if people are going to be negative, I don't want to be around it. Yeah. Uh, that is huge. And then the other very important thing that I've started doing is I do things that make me happy. Mm-hmm. I am a people pleaser to the core. Me too. And, and that was a problem. Because if I felt like I wasn't um, making people happy, then um, I felt like I was letting people down. Yep. And it got to the point where I was making, I was trying to make people happy. I wasn't making them happy, and I wasn't making myself happy. And in the end, I was pretty devastated about certain things, so I decided that I'm going to make myself happy. One thing I've learned about that is some of the hardest decisions you'll ever make are decisions that make you happy. I know. (laughs) Because you're going to make somebody unhappy. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's almost contradicting because you try to make yourself happy by making someone else, well, you don't intentionally make them mad, but you may feel like you let them down and then that makes you feel unhappy. (laughs) But then, I don't know, there's so many situations where it's just like, but yet you're still doing the thing that you ultimately wanted to do. And yeah. there's just something like freeing and nice about that of, I'm so glad I'm not doing this one thing right now. And it's, I don't know, it's just always in the back of your mind. And usually when you go into those situations, knowing this isn't really what I want to do, I'm just doing it because I feel like I need to make this person happy. You just, you make the experience worse for both of you or everyone involved because you just can't enjoy it or you find all the bad things wrong with it and you go into the situation with a negative mindset it's going to be a negative 
yeah. experience and I don't know I just think it's so important to take care of yourself and it's it's hard but it's so much worth it it is and I've I've just started doing that probably within the last year and I've already made some unpopular decisions with other people because they didn't understand why I was doing what I was doing Mm -hmm. and all I could say was because that's what I want to do and I've actually it's still hard for me but there have been times where I didn't want to do something so I said no I don't really want to do that and and granted that's not easy for me but it's something that you have to do Mm -hmm. Um, and I don't always do it I still I still make time to do things for other people I'm Mm -hmm. still a people pleaser I don't think you ever lose that yeah but if I'm feeling stressed or overwhelmed, I'm now not afraid to step back and just say, you know what, I need some time for me. And that's so good. Because that's so hard. It's it's no different than like someone just starting out running and oh, I can't run a mile. I can't do it. I can't do it. And then they do. It's the same thing of just overpowering your mind. And your mind takes over so much of you, but your body and like... You can do so much more than your mind is telling you to. And you never really see that until you start breaking barriers of things that you thought you could never do or things that you thought were unacceptable to do. And it's, I don't know, it's its such a great feeling, but it's also still like hard and uneasy while you're doing it and while you're learning to do it. Yeah. So what are some things that you're doing to take care of you? I am running. I'm running a lot and when we talk about running I can't even tell begin to tell you what running well you know mm-hmm. you know what running does for you oh yes and I remember a few years ago I was struggling with running and part of the reason was I never put my mind to anything this is the first time I've actually put my mind to stuff I would choose goals that were completely unrealistic mm-hmm. and then I would be disappointed that I didn't mm-hmm that I didn't make my goals and I remember talking to your dad about running and he told me it's so mental Mm -hmm. and while I didn't do anything about it for (laughs) two or three years after he said that it has always stuck with Mm me so this year I decided I'm gonna make small goals and when I when I meet those small goals I'll make a little bit bigger goals Mm -hmm. and a little bit bigger goals Mm -hmm. and I think you and I had a text conversation going on about about that about making unrealistic goals. And I know you had a podcast, which (laughs) I listened to, and it really hit home for me. So I've been running. The other thing that I've been doing is I have been spending time with my nieces and nephews, but I've actually, instead of just watching them, I participate in activities with them. I go swimming with them, Mm -hmm. or I go play outside with them. And to me, that's really fulfilling. Reading, I started reading just taking time sit down in in a room by myself and just read Mm -hmm. the other thing that I did was huge is I went off of social media all social media for four months wow and you know I didn't miss it and I went back on it only because all businesses are on Facebook Mm -hmm. all information that you want to find is on Facebook Mm -hmm. that to me um if we go places, it's easy for me to pull up Facebook and search and whatever. Yeah. But I don't, I used to scroll through it all day long. That's all I would do is I sit on Facebook, scroll through. Mm-hmm. I like updates on, on family and, 
and that type of thing when I see it. But a lot of people on Facebook, and I know I'm being stereotypical, are, <laughs> my life is so perfect. Yeah. This is, you know, and it's just. Or the posting. opposite of just negative, 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 yes. negative. Yeah. And political. Yes. And, and not really what I believe Facebook was at first intended. Mm-hmm. I think it evolved, but I, I won't get on that <laughs> rant. But um, to me, like you said, there's a lot of negativity there, and I wanted to cut that out. I can't even tell you what it did for me. Yeah. I bet that's why so many people have more anxiety nowadays. Like, it's such... And I think it is a lot, like you said, of my life is so perfect. And then people start feeling left out or feeling like they're not as far in life as they should be. And they don't have this and they don't have that. And this is what makes people happy. And this is what I need to make me happy. And it's so corruptive. And and I think if the, the people who are posting how perfect their life is I think you'll find really isn't all that perfect right it's a coping mechanism to make themselves feel it's almost like a people-pleasing thing like I need to show how good my life is going so people think oh she's got it all you know and then I can feel like I got it all people are telling me I got it all and they want to do what I'm doing and my life is so great but then we also forget that the picture they're posting or the 30 second video they're posting is just that 30 seconds of their life and it's it's so consuming of so much of us when it's such a short flash of their life right and I I tell people all the time you can have a great life I'm extremely happy with my life Mm -hmm. but everybody has different battles that they're fighting and even though you're happy with your life, there are still some things you struggle with. Mm-hmm. And it's okay. Mm-hmm. Nobody's life is perfect. So I just think getting off of social media helped tremendously. Now that I was off for so long, I don't sit on there all day. I'll maybe once a day, once every three days, mm-hmm. I'll scroll through, but I'm not on there much. Yeah, I need to get off of there more. <laughs> it helps. I recommend yeah. it. Even I, if it's just for a month. Mm-hmm. Just like a social detox. Yes. I know. Yep. And then I do things that make me happy. I do things that make me happy and I do things for me. Mm-hmm. And I laugh because my sister has two kids. She has one on the way. My sister-in-law has three kids. I mean, they are... Everything is all about their kids. Mm-hmm. And they by far... They don't have me days. Mm-hmm. And... Um, so I kind of laugh to myself when I'm like, oh, I get a me day. And I, and I get that to people with kids. Um, it's always a me day. Mm-hmm. But I don't always do things for me. So I guess when I, when I consider myself a me day, it's I'm going to get my hair done or I'm going to get my nails done yeah. or I'm doing something that I want to do by myself and just getting some me time. Mm-hmm. Even though I have me time all the time, it's just... It's different, it's different when you sit down and actually take time yes. for you. Yeah. It's different than just like, okay, I don't have the kids today. Right. Versus, okay, I'm going to get my hair done. Or, okay, I'm just, I'm going to go get my nails done. Or just little self-help things. And it's really important because those little things add up where it's like, a lot of people may think, oh, that's a luxury thing. Or that's like, they always need to have something done, you know. But it's just... 
those are the things that make you feel good. And it's no different than if someone had a hobby of flying a kite. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I'm going to go fly my kite. It's no different than I'm going to go get my nails done. But it, it's so important for so many people to have those days. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Lee was up north and I came home a day early. And and I was so excited that day because love having him home, love doing things with him. But it's like I could wake up that morning and I had have a cu- my cup of coffee right away in the morning. And then I could go for a run. And then I could relax. And then... I ran and got some errands done, but it was all on my time. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's so refreshing. Mm-hmm. But How did you previously manage your anxiety? Did I, you manage I it? I didn't. It was a mess. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose it was just push through, shove it down, and keep going, huh? Yeah. And I was, I was an emotional mess, mm-hmm. and... Isn't it funny, like, looking back, and then when you're in the moment, you don't even realize, something's wrong with me. (laughs) This is normal. So, reaching out to you about this podcast was extremely difficult, and something that's totally out of my comfort zone. The reason why, and I thought about it for months before I did it, um, because I didn't really want to do it. And then actually, after I texted you and we decided that it would be a good idea... I'm like, oh, crap, what did I do? (laughs) But I feel passionate about it because I feel so strong about it. And I feel like if only I would have acted sooner, Mm -hmm. what a different person I would have been so much earlier. Mm -hmm. If anybody is having any thoughts that they might be have anxiety or even depression or any type of mental illness, Mm -hmm. get it checked out because you will be so much happier and you're not alone. No. There are so many people that have it that either don't want to accept it or don't really know because some of the symptoms are, you just don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of some people have them less severe than others. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people deny it or avoid yeah. it and when it can be super clear to other people. Yeah. Uh, I'm so glad you reached out because I think this is such a common thing that so many people have like I said I feel like I have it some days or a little bit or I don't know if you can really only have it some days <laughs> you can I mean yeah and it's just well you I guess this, you feel the symptoms more yeah and it's just something that people are scared to talk about which I guess maybe they have anxiety about talking about anxiety <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's so important because I just feel like it's so helpful to have that outlet or to even have someone to give you guidance or resources or simply listen to you and yeah. understand or try to understand what you're going through. And it's just so astonishing of when you do talk about things, how many people say, I have that too, or, oh my God, is that what that is? I feel that too. And are going through the same thing and you realize it's not just me and, you know, there's there's not a problem with me it's it's not me it's just something that's not talked about and so I'm so glad you reached out and I'm so glad we're talking about this because I guarantee people listening to this have anxiety Mm -hmm. or don't realize they have anxiety and now are realizing "Hmm, maybe I do have anxiety and maybe you don't have it enough that you have to go on a medication Mm -hmm. but maybe you have it enough that you should do something Mm -hmm. for yourself go for a run Mm -hmm. go do yoga that's another thing that I want to start Mm -hmm. doing 
um, just sit in a quiet room by yourself. Yeah. Go for a walk. There's so many things that you can do to lessen your anxiety. Um, and everybody's is different. So mm-hmm. I just encourage if anybody has a feeling that they might have it, do something about it. Mm-hmm. Act on it because you're going to be so much better. Yeah. Yeah. Life is too short to sit there worrying about things or sit there feeling down on yourself or feeling something's wrong with you or you don't belong or whatever it may be when it could just be your mind telling you lies basically and Mm -hmm. trying to find a way to manage it and to handle it and sometimes like I said sometimes all that is is just talking to someone sometimes it's more sometimes it's less but I think it's important to at least get it out there what are do you have any like resources or advice for people who may be dealing with this or don't know they're they don't know they're dealing with this um i don't have any resources i've been reading some and i just started so i don't even have any that i could recommend but i'm starting to read some um, self-improvement books there's a ton out there um but if you're feeling like this i would recommend just talking to your family medicine doctor Mm -hmm. and just say these are the feelings I'm having if they blow your your concerns off I would go talk to somebody else Mm -hmm. uh, because it is serious Uh, the first doctor that I went to she she had told me um, she had had me take a a survey that the clinic has and she's like well according to what your you scored you don't have anxiety or depression. Well, a lot of the questions were, do you, how often are you unhappy? How often are, and and all the generic shit questions that they have to ask. Yeah. Like 10 of them. Yeah. And didn't really do anything. Well, then I went to talk to somebody else and she, she went, asked me a whole bunch of questions Mm and, um, and hers weren't depression related. Hers were actually anxiety related. Mm -hmm. And she had decided to put me on something so I think if if you get some generic questions and they're like nope you're fine go see somebody else mm-hmm. because um, I, chances are that you do have some type of anxiety but not you're not depressed mm-hmm. what's anything else that you want to either you have in your excessive notes over here <laughs> or <laughs> anything you want to leave people off with um i guess i just want to leave everything everybody with take care of yourself because that's the most important thing and Mm -hmm. and honestly if you take care of yourself you're probably going to take care of more take care of other people um, in a more positive manner Mm -hmm. i should say positive manner in a more you can't take care of others until you take care of yourself you really can't Mm -hmm. Because if you can't take care of yourself, you shouldn't expect yourself to take care of others. Right. And if you do, then maybe you just need to take a step back and analyze, am I really taking care of them or am I really doing what's best for them? Because maybe what's best for them is them seeing you healthy and happy. Yeah. So. And surround yourself with with positive people mm-hmm. um, and surround yourself with... It doesn't have to be a big group of people, and no. and I'm I'm learning that so much. Craig, Christina, Kristen, they're my people. Mm-hmm. I can tell them anything, and they can tell me anything. Mm-hmm. And 
and I like that we can be honest with each other, open and honest with each other. And I think that that's what's gotten me through this as well. It's so important. I feel bad. Be- like, there has to be people out there who don't even have that one person that they can just tell everything to. And I, I bet people like that out there are just like, sh- like, just hoping and wishing like they probably just tell so many people their random stuff and then people are probably like okay you're sharing way too much with me (laughs) but right but it's so important to have those people close to you and like you said you don't need a big circle and the size does not matter one bit you just need positive people around you and be with people you want to be with don't be with people just because you've been friends with them for 20 30 years but yet they're making a dent in you know your happy life and they're trying to put you down it's okay to say I think we need to go our separate ways or it's okay to just slowly stop doing things with them because it's not worth your happiness to be with someone who just is putting you down and putting you in a negative light and you are who you surround yourself with and that is the same with social media too the people what you follow or the things you follow it consumes you and it takes you over and it puts you in this whole other world and you're going to be what you consume and you're going to be who you surround yourself with. Yep. And I, I've, I tell everybody, Lee is the best thing that's ever happened to me because he understands me. Mm-hmm. He may not understand what I'm thinking, <laughs> um, but he understands me and he is super supportive. And, and I know for a fact he doesn't understand what this anxiety feels like, mm-hmm. but he's been there every step of the way and there were times where I would get into my crying fits and I'd be like I am crazy and he's like you're not crazy and Mm -hmm. which sometimes I think he thinks (laughs) I am but you know I mean he's always been there to be supportive too that I wouldn't be where I am today without Mm -hmm. him Christina understands me so yeah for somebody who she didn't know me growing mm-hmm. up where Craig, Craig and Kristen are yeah <laughs> I've always been me I've always been kind of the dorky one of the family but um marrying into it she she's my rock too yeah so. and I don't want to make this religious but sometimes God just knows who you need in your world That's and it's right. it's crazy how <laughs> so my brother things married just her fall. <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's right <laughs> Craig took one for the team <laughs> No, we love Christina. Um, you put it out into the universe, the universe will respond. And it's sometimes you have to work on it a little bit. And mm-hmm. things will things will fall the, together the way they're supposed to. I truly believe that. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Rachel, for talking about your journey with anxiety. I can't say it enough. I know I said this in the beginning of the podcast. I'll probably say it again but I can't thank you enough for talking about your journey. And it's a topic that is so important that we do need to talk about. Everything she said, I think is great insight. I was on the edge of my seat the entire time. I was just like you guys learning all of this for the first time. So it was really great um, to have this time with her and to talk about it. Like I said, this was something super brave of her. And for those of you who do have anxiety, challenge yourself and step out of your comfort zone like things like this while still taking care of yourself you have to make those baby steps to help improve and that's not just with 
that's not just people with anxiety. That's all of us. And so I think this was such an inspiring podcast. And it was just inspiring listening to her and seeing her have the courage to talk about this. So there's one message that Rachel wanted to leave us off with. So we'll let that end our podcast. But in the meantime, remember, we're all just trying to get by. There are a few things I'd like to leave everybody with that have helped me through my journey. The first thing is find your people. As I've said, mine is Lee, Craig, Kristen, and Christina. They are all my rocks, but for different reasons. Lee is always there for me. While he probably doesn't understand what I'm going through, he's always there for me and is my biggest supporter. Craig and Kristen play the same role. They keep me in check. They tell me when I'm being ridiculous and unreasonable. And while that's not always fun, sometimes it's necessary. But I know that they are always there for me. Christina's my sounding board. Anytime I just need to talk, she's always there to listen. And yes, give her opinion. If there's one similarity all of my rocks have is they all have opinions. May not always be the most fun, but it's something that we work through together. And the reason why we can work through it together is because we're honest with each other. Don't stop doing the things that challenge you or make you anxious. Find someone to help you through it. For me, it's my sister. Kristen acknowledges what I go through, so anytime I don't want to go to something alone, she always goes with me. One of the things I'm envious of my sister is her confidence and ability to talk to anyone. She makes those uncomfortable situations just a little more comfortable. Only try to control the situations that you can control. If you can't control it and it doesn't make you happy, just walk away. Surround yourself with positive people and do what makes you happy. And lastly, this will not happen overnight. I started working on myself last December and I have a long way to go, but I have come so far. A special thanks to my brother Ty for playing and recording my theme song. Thanks, Ty.